Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. How many of you have been here for any point of the series called What Happened? Let me see your hands if you've been here. Some guys up here. Some, some of you have been, have been a little busy, and so you're just coming into this. And let me catch you up. Um, so we're going to wrap up this series tonight. And the series title is called What Happened? And, uh, and really, it's based on a, on a concept that anytime someone has an encounter with Jesus or they surrender their life to Jesus or an area of their life to Jesus, it always causes a shift. Something changes in that person's life. And, um, and it causes people around them and, and it causes them to have that expression, like, what in the world happened? Like, what happened? You know, what Jesus happened, right? And, and, but, and there's more detail to what happened, but it, it, it makes us makes us kind of stop and, and observe, you know? And, and I, I shared this a couple of times throughout the series, but um, my favorite story in the Bible, like the what happened story, it takes place in, in John chapter nine. And uh, I'm just gonna paraphrase the story, but there was this blind beggar sitting on the corner and Jesus and his disciples were walking and, and they saw him from a distance. And so we know that this guy, he'd been blind from birth. Right, so he's born blind, and so Jesus and his disciples are walking, and Jesus does something really, 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 I guess, weird and kind of crazy, and he walks up to the blind guy, and he he kneels down by him, and he spits in the dirt, and he makes mud, and then he scoops up the spit mud and rubs it on the guy's eyes and tells him, "Go wash the mud off your eyes," and so I. I love this because it's like, leave it to, to Jesus to do something that would totally catch us off guard, you know? So he's, he rubs his stuff. He tells him to go wash. And so the guy listens. And man, I don't, I don't know. We know about Jesus. I think, man, if I was blind and someone put mud on my eye and they told me to go and wash it off, I mean, that would be my natural reaction, but I'd be kind of weirded out by why someone's doing that, you know? But anyway, um, so he did. He went and washed it off. And we know that you know, when we read that, we see immediately he could see after he washed this mud off. And so I just want to stop real quick. I feel like we hear those stories and we feel like that's just a fairy tale. Like that didn't really happen in real life. Let me tell you, it happened in real life. Jesus does stuff like that all the time. You know, overseas, you hear of a whole lot of physical miracles. In the United States, we have so much medicine and so many things like that. He still does those miracles here, but he does a lot of other types of healings here. Emotional healing, spiritual healing, mental healing. He does it all. So he's still in the healing business. Y'all, y'all receive that? Y'all believe that? He's still in the healing business. So, so this guy, let me get back on the topic here. This guy gets healed. So you could about imagine he's blind his whole life. He finally can see. So he runs back to town, wherever he's from. And the first people that notice are his neighbors. We read that his neighbors notice and they say, whoa, what happened? And then we notice that his parents say, what happened? You know, and so he's, he's telling them what happened. Well, then the religious Pharisees find out and they come to him and, and they're asking him what happened and, and all this type of stuff. And his response is something that I just love. It's this what happened response. They tried to argue with him, you know, theologically and tried to pull all kinds of scripture to, to tell him that, that Jesus didn't really heal him and all this and that. And they tried to accuse Jesus. And the blind man responds. He says, look, and I'm paraphrasing here, but pretty much like, look, I don't know all the details. This is what I know. I was blind and now I see. And so Notice what happened before that testimony or that the answer to what happened was a whole lot of people 
seeing a change, a whole lot of people seeing something that, that wasn't normal. And that's what happens when we have an encounter with Jesus. And so over the past couple months, I've gotten all of your, all of your student leaders to share their what happened stories and, and, you know, why they're serving God. And, you know, we learned that, you know, a testimony isn't always just an event. A testimony is our life. You know, a testimony is this is what I've, the Lord's been doing in my life, my whole life, or it can be an event. Mine looks a little different, just like everybody's looks a little different, right? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close the, the series tonight with my testimony. I've shared bits and pieces here and there, but I'm going to give you the unabridged version. Cool deal? All right. Um, so before I get into that, Revelations 12, uh, verse 10 and 11, it says this, and I'm going to skip a few things. I'm going to jump right to what I want to talk about. It says, for the accuser of our brothers, all right, the accuser of our brothers, that's a person, right, who accuses them or that could be or tempts them or discourages them or lies to them, right, um, before God day and night has been hurled down. So that means he's, he's been hurled down the earth. So this accuser has been hurled down the earth. They overcame him. How? By the blood of the lamb, that's Jesus dying for us on the cross, and by the word of their testimony, by the word of their testimony. So just like the blind man had a, had a testimony, he didn't have all the answers, but he, he had an encounter with Jesus, or he had something that Jesus did in his life, right? And so we all have the opportunity to have that all the time. Jesus is always wanting to do something. And so um, I'm going to get into my testimony, and, and I like to know the heart behind something. How about you guys? Like, I like to know where something's coming from. So I'm going to kind of start back, and I'll, I'll make it real quick, but I want you to understand the impact of what Jesus did in my life um, that, that caused my whole life to turn around. And so I want to start off um, uh, when I was a little younger, maybe some of you guys' age, I was 13. Um, you know, I was, I was originally from Homa. I don't know if you guys know where Homa's at, but it's about two hours southeast of here. Um, and look, I, I was blessed and still am blessed to have some really good parents. Um, my parents loved me. They cared for me. Um, and, and they raised me with reverence for God. You know, so I, I believed in a God. I grew up believing in God. I did believe it was Jesus. So, um, and they faithfully took me to church. And so I was born and raised in the Catholic faith. So some of you might even be Catholic. Some of you might have been raised Catholic. I was, I was born and raised Catholic. Um, I went to Catholic school uh, until my sophomore year of high school. And so um, I went through an in-depth teaching of the Catholic faith, which is called catechism. Some of you might have heard about catechism, right? So went through all that stuff, and, and, uh, and I, was, I was really a very good Catholic. I mean, I went, I went to church twice a week. Um, I never would miss a mass, you know, ever. And I'd go twice a week like clockwork. Um, I, did, I did all the confession. I went to confession on the regular all right. I did all the holy days of obligation. I prayed a rosary regularly. I did all that stuff. Okay. I had my confirmation. Um, and I was, I was really a good, a good Catholic. Um, and I grew up really working, uh, really young. I was in high school. Uh, I was 13 years old. So I guess technically I might've been in junior high when I started working. And so all my friends were older than me. Um, I remember when I was 13, the people I hung out with the most were 21 and 22 because we'd work together and we'd get off of work at, I don't know, 5, 30, 6 o'clock on a Friday. And I would go to the camp uh, with those guys. And so I was at the camp at 13 with guys in their 20s. And we were just drinking beer, fishing, partying at the camp. 
at that age. It's just what you did in Homa. I mean, it was nothing else to do. And so people drank beer, fished and hunt. That's what, that's what we did. And so, um, you know, first time I got drunk, I was 13 years old, I was 13 years old. And that was a, a pretty regular thing for me. Um, so all through high school, I had this mentality. I mean, I lived and I, this was my philosophy through high school. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a common one with religious people, but as long as you do the right things in the right places, then it's okay to do the wrong things in the wrong places. In other words, um, here's, here would be an example. As long as you follow the rules, go to church, pray your rosary, go to confession, all that stuff, then it's totally okay to get drunk, get high, sleep around, do all that stuff. And so my other mentality and philosophy was um, get everything out of your system now. Get it out of your system because one day you're going to grow up and you're going to get married, and if you get married and have kids, you can't do this stuff no more. So do as much bad stuff as you can to get it out of your system. And so I really believed that. I really believed that I, I could do enough to get it out of my system, right? So I lived that way um, throughout high school. I lived by those philosophies. Um, now, when I got to college, um, my life changed a good bit. I moved up here, so that was a big change in my life. Um, but one of the biggest changes in my life that really put me on course in a direction I didn't think I'd be going in was, you know, I moved up here. You don't have your parents telling you, go to church and stuff like that. So I really kind of just quit going to church. Um, and also, I had dated a girl in high school for like five years. And man, we dated, we, we saw each other every day. It was like an intense thing, right? So when I moved up here, we broke up. And it was a tough breakup, man. It, it devastated me. It, it devastated her. And um, uh, my way of dealing with that was uh, just not the right thing to do. And so, um, you know, I, I just decided that, you know, I could get my mind off of that stuff if I would just party more or if I would work more or if I would train more. I, I was big into boxing and kickboxing and stuff. And so I just, I did that even more. And um, and I, I started to like it. I started to say, man, this is it's kind of cool, man. I, I used to do this with a bunch of friends that weren't my age, but now that I'm doing this with friends my age, we connect more, you know, and it was, it was new. You know, I was on my own, man. I, I lived two hours away from home, had my own apartment, had my own job, the whole nine yards. And so as my, my partying increased and I really wasn't going to church at all, um, and when I would make an attempt, it'd be real hard to get up on a Sunday, you know. And so every now and then I'd make it to church and I'd go on a Sunday night. Um, but, you know, my partying was just increasing and it was seven days a week and it was at night too. And so really Sunday nights didn't work for me either, you know. And so, um, you know, around 20 years old, I became an atheist. And I, I really I really didn't believe in, in God when I turned 20. Um, and it, it wasn't a bitterness thing. I just really didn't believe in God. I just didn't think he was real. Um, and I noticed I have here, whether I was going to church or not, my life was still the same. So I figured, what's the point? It's not doing anything for me. I'm just gone and it's just a Mm -hmm. nothing going on. And on top of that, I started to ask some leaders in, in, in the church some questions about God, and I couldn't get any answers that made any sense. And so I figured, you know what, I'm going to pick up some books because I was looking for answers. And so I went and picked up a bunch of atheist books, and I just decided, man, I'm going to educate myself on the viewpoints that say there is no God, you know. And so I did that. I did that for a couple of years. Um, and so not long after that, um, I was, I was, you know, the seven days a week of partying just wasn't cutting it. 
you know, um, there were, unfortunately for me at the time, there were, wasn't an eighth day. So I couldn't add anything to my party life. Um, so actually, I dropped the class. True story. I dropped the class. I was taking 15 hours, started taking tw- uh, 12 hours so that I could train more and party more. Um, and I, I was chasing something. That's the truth. I mean, I was just, I didn't even know what I was chasing, but I was chasing something. And, um, and I realized that. I knew that. I said, man, I, it's, like I'm, it's like I'm running after something or running from something. And I couldn't figure it out. And part of it was I was chasing a good time or I was chasing a few things. But I could never get that thing, you know, as I was chasing. I uh, could never get those things. And, you know, I always swore I'd never be one of those people, like one of those people who smoked weed. I was like, nah, you know, I started drinking young. And, you know, where I'm from, it's cool if you drink beer and fish and hunt. But don't be one of them, them guys who smoke weed, you know. Well, swore I'd never do that. Well, I ended up doing that every day, just like I was drinking. So at at one point, um, I was partying seven days a week, smoking weed every day, and getting drunk every day. And after about a few months of that, I realized, man, I wasn't doing it either. So I said, well, what's next? What else they got out there? And um, one of my roommates had a bunch of prescriptions of Adderall, and so I just started popping those every time I drink and smoke weed. So I was doing a downer, which is alcohol, and weed, which is a, a downer as well, and then an upper, which is Adderall. So I have no idea what's going on in my body at the time, but um, I was just trying to find something, you know. So to, to top all that off, um, I had no understanding of purity. Like, I, like everybody in here has at least heard that word. I didn't even know what that, I never heard that word in my life up until, until I moved up here. And um, I thought, you know, not sleeping around until you're married was like a, a formality, like a nice thing to do. Like that's just, that's what's, what you just did that out of respect, you know? And so I didn't, I didn't live a pure life either. So I was, I was doing all these different drugs. I was always drunk. I wasn't living a pure life. Um, you know, one of my roommates, he sold weed. Another one of my roommates, he sold Adderall. That's why he had so many scripts. And, and I would get liquor at like discount prices through a friend. And so like when we would throw parties, we'd have 80 to 100 people in our apartment. And that wasn't uncommon. And we would have huge parties. And, you know, we did that for about a year. And I didn't believe in God throughout this whole process. And, you know, everything that music says to do and everything that, that culture says to do and like the, the, the pop culture tells you is fun and cool and all this and that. Um, man, it looked like I was living the life by those standards. Like people around me were like, man, that's awesome, dude. Y'all got a good thing going. Like we had the party pad. Um, but the truth is, um, on the inside, man, I was unfulfilled and I was miserable. And, um, you know, what I ended up doing was building a life around that. And I didn't know how to get out of that. And, uh, you know, it got to the point to where I was doing all those drugs and I thought about doing more stuff. And I realized like, all right, I got enough common sense to know if those three things didn't do it, adding a fourth thing ain't going to do it. And, you know, if there's one place you can't run, uh, it's in your bed at night when nobody's around. And so, man, the party, we had a party till like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And as, as it's dying down and everybody left, um, I was laying in my bed and I was just looking at the ceiling. And um, I remember thinking, man, there's no way. There's no way. Like, if this is supposed to get out of my system, 
I mean, I don't want to do it anymore, but what, what am I do? What else am I do? And then I remember thinking, if this is what you created for, why, why in the world would people, would people be living? There's got to be more to, to life than this. Because this, this is what they say, you know, they, they, this is what they say you're supposed to do in college. This is what they say you're supposed to do. This is fun. You've got to live it up, you know, and, and do all this stuff. And, um, and it wasn't. And so I, I thought about this. I said, you know, well, let me, let me, let me back up. Let me back up. I'm not going to skip that. So, yeah, I said, um, you know, it, it, it had become, as I was thinking, it had become my identity. So here's what I mean by that. You know, all my friends, after two years of doing stuff like that, like all my friends, they, they weren't godly friends. Like I, I gave up all my godly friends. All my friends were all potheads. They were all people who all they wanted to do was party. They lived to party. And that's what we built a friendship on. And so, man, I knew if I walked away from, from getting drunk every night and, and smoking weed every day and doing Adderall like it's candy, you know, I, I knew if I ran away from that, I'd have to be walking away from my friends too. And so I, I was just stuck in a life I didn't want. And that's the truth. I didn't want to be there, but I had, I, had built a, I had built a life around it. And so I did something crazy. This next part's where it gets a little weird. Well, at the time it was weird for me. It's not weird now, but... So my atheist, drunk and high self, I got out of bed and I walked to my window and I said these words that I remember for the rest of my life. I, I opened up the window and I looked up and uh, I didn't even believe in God. And I said, God, if you're real and if you're man enough to show me you're real, then I'll be man enough to follow you the rest of my life. And, um, you know, next morning I woke up and and nothing changed. You know, I didn't. Nothing magically happened, but I meant it. I meant it because I was at a place in my life I couldn't get out. You know, I had built a reputation for myself, and it was just not what I wanted, you know. And so I meant that with all my heart. And so I figured, I guess I better do my part. You know, I guess if there is a God and he's real, I guess I better do my part. And so uh, I started going back to Catholic Church is what I was used to. And so I started going back, and, man, I, I would go every time them doors were open. I went to the one on campus, and I'd go you know, at lunchtime, there's a mass every day. I'd go every day and I did the routine for like a month. I did everything I was supposed to do. I prayed my, my rosary all the time. I did everything I was supposed to do. And like, I felt like I was headed in the, a better direction than what I was in. But at the same time, nothing was changing. I was still partying. Um, I was still smoking weed. I was still drinking the whole, everything that I was doing before, I was still doing that. And, um, and after that stopped, you know, after I realized, man, this ain't really changing, there's nothing really happening here, I was like, man, should I walk away from this lifestyle? I mean, it, it doesn't look too promising. I, this, this, I guess, God, is, are you a real God, you know? Well, I was dating a girl at the time, and um, I, I hate when I bring up people because I'm scared I'm going to say their name. <laughs> I ain't going to say her name, but I was dating a girl at the time, and uh, she, I didn't know, but she was raised a Christian. I didn't even know what that was. I just thought... Well, that means you're Catholic. And she said, no, it's it's different. And so she said, I know of a Christian church we can go to. And so I said, well, sure. I mean, that's about Jesus? And they said, yeah. So, well, that's who I'm trying to try out first, you know? And so uh, so the only Christian church I knew of was my best friend, Aaron. Uh, his mom, Miss Bile, she came here. And so I said, there's this place called Family Life Church. And so we came to Family Life Church. And so we're sitting, and I had never experienced worship before. I didn't even know what that looked like. And so 
for, for those of you who have, who have grown up in church, this is, this is the norm. And that's good because let me just stop right here. I want my kids to grow up in church. I wish I had that type of a testimony. But anyway, I, I love my testimony because I love what the Lord did for me. But So we walk in and people are raising their hands and just praising God and, you know, praying in tongues and all kinds of stuff. And, and I was just so freaked out. <laughs> I was so freaked out. I was still high, actually, the first time I came to church. And so I'm sitting in here thinking like, whoa, what in the world did I just walk in on? I didn't know what was going on. But when worship died down uh, and, and the girl I went with, she was doing it too. And I was like, oh my God, you know, she got me in this thing. Like, what is this? She suckered me in, you know. And so anyway, when worship died down, this guy gets on the stage and he just starts talking and everything he's saying just makes sense. It's like I could, I could use it in my life. Like I could apply it. Like he's, he's saying things and I'm like, oh wow, that's, that's real life stuff right there. Like I, I, I never tried that and I'd have never thought that, you know, it's just, it's like I'm getting revelation all the whole time, you know? And so I'm, I lean over and I asked the girl I was with, I said, hey, what's that, what's that dude, where he's getting all that from? And she said, the Bible. So I said, wow, that's in the Bible? And so after that, I said, what'd you call that guy? A priest? Was he? And she said, well, no, he's a, he's a pastor. I said, wow. So we came back like four or five more times, and I, I didn't like worship because I didn't understand it. And I don't know. I, 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 maybe I was convicted while I was sitting in the presence of God. I don't know. But I didn't like it. And, but this guy who now I know it's a pastor, and his name is Pastor Ty, he gets up there and he's preaching, and, um, and I'm, I'm still loving that part, right? And, and like the fifth time, he gets up um, at the end of the service, and he says, every, every head bowed, every eye closed. And keep in mind, I'm still partying, doing a whole nine yards here, still smoking every day, all that stuff. Um, he got up and he said, um, I lost my spot, I started chattering. Oh, he said, um, he said, if, if, you've, uh, if you've been searching for God, he said, if you've been searching for God and, and you don't know how to find him, and I'm talking to you. And I remember that like it was yesterday. If you've been searching for God and you don't know how to find him, I'm talking to you. And I'm thinking, whoa, yes, you are. Like, you're talking to me, man. You don't know what I've been doing. Like, I have been trying to find this God because I got I to gotta get out of this lifestyle that I'm in. And, and he said, if you feel like you're doing everything you know how to do, but, and, and you want to know Jesus, not just know about him, I want you to raise your hand. So at this point, I'm thinking, you got me pegged, dude. <laughs> you, that's me you're talking to. And my heart's going boom, 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 just beating real fast. But I was not about to raise my hand. That was not about to happen. <laughs> no, sir. And so the craziest thing happened to me at this point. I'd never heard the voice of God in my life. And it wasn't an audible thing. But it was like in my heart. Uh, and this is, this is the best way to describe what it said. Um, it, it wasn't audible. I, I would say it was like a still, small voice. And, and now I know that's a scripture. But I didn't know that. I never read the Bible, and it was like it was in me. And I, I didn't know how to make sense of that. But this is what I heard. If you're ashamed of me here on earth, then I'll deny you in heaven. And I remember like, what in the world was that? And I turned to to the girl I was with, and I said, did you hear that? And she was like, no. And so when she said no, I knew I was the only one that heard that. Man, I, I was like, man, I threw my hand up like that, like, oh, my gosh. And so Pastor Todd, apparently I was the only one, you know, thanks rest of the guys that, that didn't listen, but I was the only one to throw my hand up. And Pastor Todd said, awesome, man, I see your hand. He's like, I want to pray for you. 
why don't you come down here? And I was thinking, I'm not, no way, like I'm not going down there. You got, you kidding me? But I'm, I'm not kidding you guys. I'm like a quarter of the way down, maybe a half of the way, I don't know. And I'm realizing, oh my God, I'm walking. Now, nothing took over my body, but like it was one of them like, I, I, whatever it was in me, listened before I gave it permission to listen type thing, you know? So I'm walking, I'm halfway down and I thought, all right, I could turn around and run out of here, but I, I got to stop and grab the girl and, and she's got a purse and all that. That's going to be weird. People are looking at me and if I turn around, they're going to be like, what if someone stops and jumps in the aisle and says, no, go to the front. What am I going to say? Like, am I going to have to fight this guy? Like, what's going on? Right. And so I'm trying to figure this stuff out. And, and so I just decided, oh, well, I'm like four feet away from this guy. And so I walk up to him and I was just like, I didn't know if I was supposed to put my hands in prayer or whatever. And man, all of a sudden, I couldn't understand. I, I, I didn't. I couldn't make sense of it. But it was like this peace just came over me, and I felt. I felt okay. Like I felt like, man. Like I, I guess this is the right thing to do. And so Pastor Todd, just just super real. Like y'all know. Y'all know Pastor Todd. Um, just hey man, how are you? What's your name? You know, I told him my name and stuff like that. And. And he said, you mind if I pray for you? And I was like, sure. And so I remember just him praying for me. And again, I just felt so much peace. I'd never felt that, that peace before. And so I'm, I'm walking back and um, there's this guy with salt and pepper hair. And he gets out the aisle as I'm walking back to my seat. And he just gives me like the, the most loving hug. Where you at, Josh? It was, it was Josh's dad. I didn't know who in the world this was. He gets out and he, he gives me like this hug and he's like, I know it when I see it. Your life's going to change. You ain't never going to be the same. And when he said that, like I believe, I, I, when he said that, I thought, I know. But I didn't know how to make sense of it. I just knew it was true. I did, but I didn't know how to make sense of it. And so the next part's crazy. So I get to my, my seat. And the girl I was with didn't seem too excited about what just happened. I couldn't figure out why. I was pumped. Like, I can't believe I did that. So she dropped me off at my apartment. And the next part's nuts. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I walked in my room. I closed the door. And I just stared at my floor for a little while. And I remember just being like, well, what do I do now? And after I said that out loud, I turned to my weed. I had my weed in a big old Ziploc bag. I just grabbed it, I opened it up, and I went into my bathroom, I dumped it. No one told me to do this. I didn't know it was wrong. Remember, like, I, I didn't, had no idea that anything was wrong with this. I dumped all my weed out in the, in, the, in the toilet. Then I walked to, like, I had a bunch of Adderall. I walked up to it, poured it all down there. I went throw all my liquor away. I had a bunch of bottles of liquor. I went just throw it all in the dumpster. And I'm not even thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just doing it. And so I closed my door. I get back in my room. And I'm staring at the floor again, and I'm like, what now? You know, and I, I'm not saying that expecting to hear something. I'm just saying it because I'm serious. My heart's serious. I'm really asking, what now? Um, I, I'm thinking, man, I'm walking away from all this stuff. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not going to have no friends, all this stuff. And the Lord, who, now I know it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that at the time. And if somebody would have said the Holy Spirit's talking to you, I'd have probably been, what, what the heck is that, you know? And so... Um, but I had a I had a little thing in my a little box of supp workout supplements in my room, and at the bottom of the box of workout supplements was a Bible. I didn't even I didn't even know why that thing was in there, and it was a camouflage Bible. So I'm just directed. I didn't know it, but I was directed to this box, 
And so I walk over, I open the box, I'm digging through it for whatever reason, I don't know, and there's this Bible. So I start opening the Bible, and the Lord started teaching me, not just that day, but like the, the, the next couple weeks, the Lord started teaching me what happened to me. And, and this is one of the first verses I ran across, and, and he was showing me that I was attempting to take care of my own worries and burdens by numbing them and masking them. And so I ran across Matthew eleven twenty eight. I forgot both clocks are broken. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest in your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. When I surrendered my life to the Lord, he gave me that. He just took the burden off, that thing I was trying to, to not leave me. Uh, or trying to get off of me. And then I realized I was attempting to have joy in my life, and I, I couldn't find joy. And then I read a verse we read earlier, um, in Nehemiah 8, verse 10, saying, Do not grieve, for the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. I didn't know. Until I read that, I didn't know what to explain that I was feeling. And then I read, The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, I was searching for happiness, but God had joy for me. And, and my circumstances started to change after I got the joy of the Lord because that's where my strength came from. I got stability. The Lord gave me stability. I didn't have that before. You know, and I had read in Matthew 7 how Jesus said, if you build your house on a rock and the floods come and the, and the rain comes and the, the house built on sand will wash away, but houses built on, on the rock, that's him, will never will never wash away. And I, so I'm, I'm getting this revelation, peace. Um, you know, I, I was looking for peace, and I didn't know what I felt at the altar that day. It's, it's Philippians 4, 7. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than any human mind can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then love. I, wanted, I was looking for love. That's why I was, I was sleeping around, like I, but I was searching for something that a person can't fulfill. God's intimacy is not the way we know intimacy. God, God's intimacy is knowing, knowing you and you knowing him to the depth of your being. And only God can know you like that. No person can know you like that. Um, and so I found, I found the love of God. I, I was looking for a companionship, and I read in Deuteronomy, it says, the Lord your God goes with you. He'll never leave you or forsake you. It wasn't just a, a head knowledge thing for me. I, it was an experience. I felt the presence of God. I, I never felt that before. Um, you know, in Psalms 139, talking about intimacy, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I just felt like in a moment, I, the Lord knew me. Like he just, and I knew God. Like I wanted to tell people like, man, you know, you can know God. Like I, I never knew that, you know? And so, you know, of all those things I was searching for, relief from, from the stress that I was dealing with, joy, stability, peace, intimacy, hope, direction. I could keep going on. Um, you know, I received all that in a moment. And it was because I was just at a level of surrender that I would have gave anything to get out of that lifestyle I was living. And, and, and I did. And, and, and the Lord brought me out of that. And like that blind man, you know, um, the blind man, he couldn't explain what happened. All he could tell you was he had, he, he, he just got healed, you know, and like the Lord healed so much of my life. And, um, you know, since that day, there's several experiences um, that that I've just been so blessed that that God does in my life, and you know, I wish we had more time. I have a, a couple more I, I want to share, and we'll share it one day. Just some really cool stories about just things that the Lord's done. But 
you know, I, I do want to, I do want to close with this where it's already eight, maybe a little after eight. Um, but why don't we stand and I, and I want to close with something. Um, you know, I, every time I hear a testimony, I just get pumped, man. Like, and I, it doesn't matter who's telling it. It doesn't matter uh, if, if I'm telling mine or if I'm listening to somebody else's because it's just so cool to see God change people's lives. I mean, you know, it, it's it's cool to see people encounter God or, or, you know, surrender something to God and watch him come through. And, you know, I was praying about this and, and you know, it had been at the beginning of this series, I thought, well, Lord, you know, I want to give a fresh testimony. And, you know, but it's been like a couple months since something's happened, you know. And that's what I felt like the Lord tell me, and it convicted me. But I think it's something we all we all need to hear, starting with me, because he gave it to me for me, you know. He said, um, you know, I noticed that when you don't have a fresh thing to talk about, it's not my fault. And I thought, well, what you mean it's not your fault? <laughs> you, you only do the miraculous things, not me, Lord. And I felt like the Lord say, usually it's three things, Brady. I felt like he said, either you're not listening to me, you're not like trying to hear me. You're not taking the time to hear my voice speak or you're not doing what I'm leading you to do. You know what you got to do. You're just not doing it. You're not being obedient or you're not applying my word that you're reading because there's all, I'm looking to do stuff all the time. I felt like he said, I'm looking to give you fresh testimonies and fresh experiences with me all the time. And he gave me examples. He said, well, you know, I was I had just I was driving and um, I had just left Rouse's. And he said, you know, if, if what if you'd have been prayed up and just full of the joy of the Lord when you were checking out and that person just asked you, like, what if you'd have walked up to that Rouse's person and said, hey, how's your day going? I'm going good. Why are you in a good mood? Man, I, honestly, I know this is a weird answer, but man, I just, I, the joy of the Lord, man, like J- Jesus just makes me happy, man. Like, what if, what if I, what if I would just do what God's telling me to do? You know, what if, what if the Lord's been telling me, man, you need to forgive that person. What if I just pick up the phone and call them? You know, we God surrounds us with, with opportunities to have testimonies and give Him glory. It's just really it's up to us most of the time. And so what I want us to do is um, I want us to just bow our heads and I want us to close our eyes. And I really appreciate if everybody did that, you know, just out, out of respect for people in here. And so if you could just bow your heads and close your eyes, um, you know, as I was talking, there's nothing special about me. Um, I'm, I'm just a guy, just like the guys in here and the girls in here. I'm just, I'm just a guy. And, um, but, but God loves me and he loves you guys. And as you heard all your leaders this whole time, you know, everything they said, it just gives the Lord glory. And, you know, you might be in here tonight and maybe you've heard about Jesus, but you don't know him personally. Maybe you'd say, yeah, I mean, I hear you, man, but I, I don't know that I know him, you know. So right now, every head is bowed and every eye is closed and, and no one's looking around. Um, if that's you, I just want you to just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up right where you are because I, I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you up front. I just want to pray for you. So if that's you and you say, man, you know what? Um, I, I do want to know Jesus. I do want to make sure I have a relationship with him. Just slip your hand up. I see your hand. I see your hand. And, and we're, we're all going to pray this together. And I, I want us to all pray it together. So let's pray. Jesus, let's all, let's all pray together, guys. Jesus, 
I know that we all fall short of your holy standard. I know that I'm a sinner, but I don't want that life anymore. I want to live for you. And I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want you to come into my heart and I make you my Lord and my Savior. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now with everybody still heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're in here and you had a relationship with Jesus at one time, but you really, you really just been going through the motions. You still come into church, but right now it's just motions. And, and I just want you to know I've been there and that's religion. It's not relationship. God wants a relationship with you and that requires fresh input. And, and he loves you. He doesn't look down on you because you, you, you've gotten into a religious routine. He's just saying, hey, I know it's all right. I, I'm, I'm, I have endless forgiveness for you. I just want you back. I miss you. That's, what, that's, that's the Lord's heart. That's his stance. So if that's you and you'd say, you know what? I, I really want that relationship back. I've been lacking there. And I don't know. I know that I'm, I know Jesus is, is the one true God. I confess that, but my relationship hasn't been what it was. And I want to strengthen my relationship. If that's you, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. I just want you to slip up your hand for me because we want to pray. And, I, and I'll be praying this prayer with you guys. And so let's, let's just pray that prayer together too. Jesus, I miss you. I'm sorry I walked away from my relationship. I want you back. Would you come into my heart and be Lord of my life again? I love you, Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And then one more thing, guys. If you're in a relationship with Jesus and you want to go deeper, you know that what's required to go deeper is that you have to surrender more to him. It doesn't, this doesn't necessarily mean walking away from good things or anything like that. It just means make sure, making sure that there's no area of your heart that's off limits to him. You know, he has your best interest in mind always. He never, ever means to hurt or harm you. He'll never hurt you and harm you. Everything he has for you is, is better than you can imagine. And if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to slip up your hand. But um, at the end of this, uh, everybody who slipped up their hand, and if that third question, if that was you, you'd answer that in your heart as a yes. I'm going to want you to just come up, all of, all of everybody that I mentioned, I want you to come up for prayer. If I could have some altar workers come up to the front. We're going to have altar workers up here. And I want you guys to just, if you raise your hand for the first thing, I want to talk to you. If you raise your hand for the second thing, you can come to, to, to some of the altar workers. And the third thing as well. And I'm going to pray. And as soon as I'm finished praying, I don't want you to hesitate. I want you to just move. If that's you and you're feeling like you want to come up for prayer, I just want you to just move as soon as I'm done praying. For the rest of you guys, I'm going to pray over you as well. Um, if you guys want to come to the altar and pray, you're welcome to. If not, don't forget, next Wednesday, um, we're going to have a back to school night. I uh, love you guys. Y'all be safe. So I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we love you, God. And you are faithful. Lord, you're a good God. You're a good God. You created us. You literally created us because you had to have someone to show love to. 
You had to have someone to bless. And that's what you created us for. And we know that that sin and all of those things, it just gets in the way of that. And so Jesus, just fresh tonight, God, we repent of anything that hinders what you want to do in our lives. We know that you only have our best interest at mind. And so God, we just release all that to you. Jesus, I just pray over every person in here that you would protect them, God. Put your hand of protection over them. God, I pray that you protect them physically, Lord. Let no harm come to them. God, I pray that you protect them mentally, Lord. Protect their thought life. I pray that they only think good things, things that you would want them to think about, whether it be about themselves or about people, God. I pray that they would think with the mind of Jesus. God, I pray that you protect them emotionally, Lord. I pray that, that, that their emotional life would be a healthy one. And Jesus, lastly, I pray that you protect them spiritually. Just like you taught us to pray in, in, in the Our Father that, that your kingdom would come, that's what I ask for. I pray that the kingdom of God, just the peace of God, the, the refreshing of God, the joy of God, the wisdom of God, the knowledge of God, all of those things would rest on all the students here tonight. And Jesus, I just pray as they go that they'd be a blessing to everybody they came into contact with, everybody, their family, their friends. I pray that they would be good influences to them, God. And the only way to do that is, is, is through you. And so, Jesus, I pray that you would just use everybody here as a vessel. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you want prayer, guys, come up. Don't waste any time. Don't hesitate. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.